and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This is a spoiler-free podcast. So whether you're watching for the first time, or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary from a 21st century lens. Thank you for listening. Now, on to the episode. Season 6, Episode 1, Bargaining, Part 1. Praise Malik, we've made it to Season 6. Here the fuck we go. What did you say right before we started recording, Kara? Back on our bullshit. (laughs) We have, officially, with the start of Season 6, we have begun our countdown to the end of our podcast, if you think about it. Because... Season six is going to take us until the end of the year, you know, if everything goes as we scheduled and planned, which it always does because you and I are incredibly organized. Um, Then we'll start season seven at the beginning of next year at some point, and that'll take us to around now in the summer of 2024. So one more year left, my friend. This is really exciting. I mean, you know, we could always be persuaded to do it a bit longer. You know, if people really wanted us to. Yeah. I don't know. Nobody's ever really asked or said anything about it. So if we get a lot more compliments, perhaps we'll <laughs> consider uh recording uh, longer than the year. But th- technically for Buffy, we're we're a year out from We will being we will complete. be done Buffy for sure. Yeah. Next year. And then whether or not we do Angel or something else, the future of Prophecy Girls beyond that point is uncertain. Just because our lives are in upheaval right now, uh, mostly because Steph went and got herself knocked up and then mm. had a kid. Um, maybe yeah. you can give us a quick update for anybody who didn't listen to the bonus episodes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's true. Last season, I got knocked and uh, gave birth at the end of March to a beautiful, lovely little girl. Uh, we named her Rosalind, and she is so cute, if I do say so myself. I know all parents like to think that their kid's the best, but mine really is I, the best. I am not a parent of your baby <laughs> or anybody else's, and I can vouch for the baby's cuteness. I mean, all babies look alike to, to some extent or another. They're just kind of grumpy old men. But your baby has something very endearing about her grumpy old manliness. Right? She's just this, like, pudgy little ball of cuteness so she constantly looks like she's judging me in all the photos that you send to me and i feel like that's only fair that's only right like for the baby of stephanie chow to (laughs) constantly be judging everybody and everything yeah yeah she takes after me that way the side eye the the critical stares (laughs) it's the little pout she's got going on like she's like I, I already know how disappointing this world is, and I don't approve that you brought me into it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure now she's a three months old. Um, she gave me her first eye roll the other day. <laughs> and I was like counting down the days to when she's 14 and slamming those doors, shouting, I'm oh, not her mom. Funny. I'm just a key. I can't wait. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I'm just I'm just looking for forward to the day where when she joins us as, as the third prophecy girl. Oh, when she's because our podcast we're gonna keep going until she's old enough to <laughs> well, hand it over. <laughs> some background information before we get started. Um, she's sleeping in the room right next to where I am now. So chances are this season we will hear from her at one point or not when I'm <laughs> being awesome. too loud and shouting about something I don't like that's happening. She'll hear me <laughs> and she'll voice her disapproval as well. How many Twilight movies has she watched already? She has watched all five Twilight movies, believe it or not. And she's watched oh, 11 it. seasons of ER. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. You were off pretty for a while there. Um, you know, I also like I feel the distinction of like, she's probably heard my voice more than she's heard Seb's voice at this point, just because oh, of all the Prophecy Girls that we recorded while... Uh, you were pregnant with her and then editing and, and all that. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She knows Anticara, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, but enough about me. Enough about my beautiful darling. Congratulations on motherhood, Steph. Thank you. Thanks so much. And and also, Kara, congratulations on your summer off. Because <laughs> I know Thank you. you're taking yeah. it, uh, some time off work. And that's really exciting for you. Absolutely. I'm just looking forward to relaxing and, of course, podcasting, among oh, yes. other things. So here we are, season six. So I feel like something happened at the end of season five. Something happened, that's for sure. I think somebody found out whether death was her gift or not, and it was. Right. It was Buffy died last season. Oh, yeah. Okay, that was a bummer. It was a really big I think bummer. I, I think I was slightly upset by that when we recapped. The, yeah, the and we were like, well, where's Xander to give her CPR and bring her back to life? But like, it didn't happen. So I guess we're going to find out now. Here we are, guys. One year left. We have zero fucks to give. <laughs> and we are going to jump into season six right now. Um, a shaky start for me, Kara. I haven't watched season six in a really long time, so it's been a while since I've seen this episode. And I feel the tonal shift from one network to another. I feel it already. Ooh. It's darker yeah, in tone. That. It feels different. Something's different about this season already. Ooh, yeah, well, the cinematography is different. I'm going to talk about that in a bit. Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of things here off the bat where I'll just say this episode was hit and miss for me. And Xander was up and all over the place for me in this episode, too. I was having a hard time placing him. Some interesting character choices going into this next two-season stretch. Interesting hairstyle choices, as always, at the start of a season. Let's get into it, everybody. Previously on Buffy, uh, she died, as we said. So let's get... So we open up um, on the cemetery, of course. This is this is Buffy, and we're going to open up on the cemetery. There is a large and in-charge vampire running through the cemetery, and Spike, Tara, and Giles are following him. Spike is super pissed because the vamp is getting away, and he says to the other two, we're never going to get anything killed with you lot holding me back. And Tara says, I thought the big ones were supposed to tire more easily. And Spike says, no, that's just over-the-hill shopkeepers, because Giles is, in fact really out of breath and he's saying i'm fine i just need to die for a minute too soon giles too soon oh yeah giles have some tact okay so where's willow willow happens to be standing on top of some large crypt overseeing the whole cemetery and she's speaking in their heads just like she did in the last episode of season five i like to think that she does that all the time now like even just everyday stuff 
you know they're shopping for groceries she's just in their heads and they all hate it but they're also kind of like scared she's overusing it perhaps like she can't stop using it maybe um because remember back in season three when the scoobies took over patrolling when buffy decided to go be Anne for a little bit uh they were using walkie talkies right and with riley they were using like tech but willow's above that this is a very standard season opener so far right because it's pretty much every season buffy was away whether it's visiting her dad in la (laughs) or you know having run away from home or like there's always been some reason that the scoobies have had to like step up and and take over for the summer yeah um so so far it doesn't feel that much different aside from the fact that obviously spike is there and helping yes exactly so so willow's like telling them where to go and how to circle around so that they can get that vampire the vampire is like really confused he like wanders back towards them for some reason maybe he can't escape the fence i don't know um giles throws an accident completely misses uh as they run after him the vampire gets punched in the face no sorry giles throwing the axe was because willow says make him go left so giles intentionally throws the axe in the tree Uh, to make the vampire swerve so okay i think he meant to do that okay okay you let you're like he didn't miss he what is intentional so so the buffy bot takes down the vampire and she says big fast and dumb just the way i like them (laughs) so they're fighting and the others catch up to join them anya and xander are heading over there from a different direction and willow tells them to stop in their heads and just as you said perhaps willow's using this too much xander's creeped out by it and, and he like says it to Willow and Willow says, I said I was going to get the lay of the land. And Xander says, not the lay of my brain. And Anya says, it's intrusive. You could knock first or something. And I was like, here we go. Like first minute of season six. And we're already <laughs> talking about consent. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yes, Anya, you are correct. This is, I, I mean, we're not privy to the whole conversation of how Willow started doing this, but it just, it wears me out. Okay. It's, it's also very intrusive. I mean, in this case, because she can help communicate with everybody, uh, it is a positive thing. But there's also a lot of negatives to to Willow just speaking in people's brains. So I wonder if the idea of consent with Willow is going to continue on with the season. I guess we'll have to see. So Willow directs them to um, go the other way. and then they get jumped by another vampire. And the Scoobies are all fighting the bigger vamp, which ends up pinning Giles to the fence. And Giles is like, Spike! And Spike appears to like jump on its back a little bit, but then he backs off and like lights a cigarette. And everyone's like, What are you doing? Like they think maybe he's he's gonna let the vampire kill Giles. But turns out he lit the vampire on fire, who dusts. So Spike helps Giles up. And Giles is like, you could have told me that you're going to do that. And he says, poor watcher, did your life pass before your eyes? Cup of tea, cup of tea, almost got shagged, cup of tea. <laughs> hey, Spike, I'll have you know that Giles shagged at least once because he had sex with Joyce. Um, Hello, Giles has gotten with Jenny and mm-hmm. Olivia. Giles is getting more than Spike is at this point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Spike, when was the last time you got laid? Was it Harmony? <laughs> was it that Was it that Buffy? It was the Buffy bot. Ugh! <laughs> it all comes why, screaming Jeff? back. Why did you? Why did you know? Uh, oh, moving on. So, so uh, Willow tells them telepathically to help out Audie and Xander, who are still fighting the other ramp. The Buffy bot comes over. She ends up. Mm-hmm. We don't know that it's the Buffy bot yet. We don't. 
as far as we know, it's this shock that Buffy's there. Okay. Oh, really? It's you part think of the it's like? Reveal. Okay. I I just assume everyone just knows it's the Buffy bot, but it's true. You might be like, she's alive. <laughs> so so. Who is this Buffy who comes and stakes the vampire? She's looking good. She's got this really cool red top on and her hair is great. Yeah. And then after she stakes him, she says, that'll put marzipan in your pie plate, bingo. <laughs> so the, the Scooby stared at her and Tara says, she says the pie thing like every time she stakes a vampire now. And Willow says she's tried to program in puns, but it ended up a word salad. So this is where we're talking. It is the... It is the Buffy bot. That's where we, yeah. we know for sure it's the Buffy bot, right? And up until this point, it's like, wait, I thought Buffy died last season. Did they just forget about that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's a lot of possible explanations. And no, it's the Buffy bot. And, and it's interesting to me how Marzipan comments aside, the Buffy bot seems a lot more like Buffy when she's in fight mode. And then when she has to just do ordinary human things, that's when she's more robotic. It's true. And Willow says it's a glitch, like she'll fix it. And as they're leaving the cemetery, Giles gives us a little exposition, which I'm sure they already talked about this summer. But for our benefit, he says we can't have her messing up in front of the wrong person or wrong thing. We need the world and the underworld to believe that Buffy is alive and well. And Willow's like, well, I got her head back on. On, didn't I? Because remember, Glory knocked her head off in the last episode. And um, Willow says, I got her off those knock-knock jokes. And the Buffy bot says, oh, who's there? And Xander says, she'll never be exactly. And Spike's all pissed. And he says, she'll never be exactly. And Xander says, I know. And Tara says, the only really real Buffy is really Buffy. And Giles says, and she's gone. So then we, we pause on the Buffy bot who says, if we want her to be exactly, she'll never be exactly. I know the only really real bu Buffy is really Buffy and she's gone who? Because that's the rest of the knock knock joke. And we cut to credits. Uh, Kara, where's Dawn? <laughs> Where? Where's Don? Um, I have a question about well, this later. I, do you want Don to be out there fighting vampires? She should be getting a good night's rest. Oh, absolutely. I'm just, well, I mean, we'll get to it in a little bit, but um, they're still really concerned with someone always being home with Don. So <laughs> maybe she's sleeping over at uh, her friend's house. That What was her name? Oh, what was her name from season five? Is it Belinda? It's Belinda, Belinda. It's Belinda. Yes, it's Belinda. <laughs> I, or was it Melinda with an Melinda, M? Melinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. I was right. Maybe she's sleeping over to Melinda's house. Or maybe she's maybe. hanging out with Kevin. Remember Dreamy Kevin from the no. So, So you're right. And this is a question I had about this, which is like, are the Scoobies out there every night? Like Buffy was patrolling pretty much every night. Like that has to take a toll to be up all day doing your normal life and then up for... A significant portion of the night patrolling like Buffy could get away with it because she was you know super slayer power girl but like other than Spike these are you know regular humans like <laughs> I, just, I, I, I have so many questions about their ordinary routine that are not answered in this episode also like why can't Spike patrol on his own like why why does he need maybe he does ones? and they just come together and search i don't know like i don't know I, all I i'm saying know. is i would like a little bit more exposition like could we have a little meeting where they talk about all this no apparently not no they're gonna talk Carry about on. other stuff in their group meetings but let's talk about the credits real quick because oh no anthony stewart head is gone from the credits but he's in the episode so what's going on he got fired for being too sexy they're just like man 
we can't handle the sexiness of you anymore. Please leave. Um, I think what actually happened, and I can't remember where I read this. Maybe it was in Evan Katz's book. Um, but he really wanted to spend time with his daughter. Like he'd been in America for five years at that point, right? Doing the show. And this is year six. Traded, I'm sure all their contracts changed with the new with the network change from the WB to UPN. So I think he just said, you know what? I'd rather come on as a guest star now and then mm-hmm. and uh, go back to England and spend time with my family. So that's what I believe happened with him. Um, you'll notice here, Amber Benson, who plays Tara, is not in the opening credits. She doesn't get to that Boo. billing. Boo. And Alison Hannigan now has the as Willow headline and i'm like why why can't it be sarah michelle geller as buffy (laughs) like why why no because she's the star so she gets top billing that's the one you really want but then the second best is last billing with the as so-and-so is that true i didn't know that yeah that's how it works okay wow okay some people demoted some people forgotten (laughs) some people promoted great okay Let's cut to the summer's home because looks like Willow and Tara are sleeping in Joyce's room now. And Willow has lost her shoes and Tara, Tara says that Dawn borrowed them. So as Willow goes to look for Dawn, Tara asks Willow if she's okay. And Willow says, besides terror about today and a general feeling of impending doom, swell. So something big's happening today. Tara says breakfast will make her feel better. And Willow says pancakes could go in bellies and they kiss. They kiss. They kiss. They kiss. I know. New network, new times, <laughs> new Willow and Tara. More gay. More, more gay. Gay, 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 gay. <laughs> um, I have a little bit of a gripe, and that's because just the way Willow says pancakes could go in bellies, and sometimes when her and, and Tara have their cutesy talk, it's, it's just too cutesy for me. It's, it's a little bit too baby-ish, and I don't know if that's because... They're like, oh, we have to show that they're lesbians. And when they're talking to each other, they get like that. Like, I don't know. Was she like that with Oz? I can't I remember th- anymore. I think that's, yeah, I think that's just Willow. That's okay. just Willow's personality. Mm, I don't like it. So Willow finds Dawn, or I said Donifer in <laughs> my notes, um, in the bathroom. She's brushing her teeth. And she's like, today's the big day, the kind of day where it makes you want to return clogs, don't you think? And Dawn says she doesn't have them. And Willow looks sad and leaves. So... Hmm. Interesting. What is going on with these missing shoes? I don't know, because they never really... Like, what's the purpose of this conversation? Is this setting up a season-long mystery? Perhaps hmm. this is the beginning of Willow, Willow's villain arc, where she's like, people keep taking my shit, and I'm an only child, and I'm not used to having sisters, and this chick keeps stealing my clogs, and she's not even supposed to be here. She's a key. So anyway... Well, I guess we'll find Dawn out. has some kind of like a clog problem. She's just addicted to clogs. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, I just—I'm so stupid. That just clicked in my mind why something's missing and Dawn's involved. <laughs> okay, well we could talk about that. Oh, that was—that wasn't even what I was saying. <laughs> I just—I'm just like, it's a weird thing to bring up. Okay, well I think you and I just stumbled on the obvious <laughs> reason why Willow's missing something and Dawn's involved, but whatever. All right, we're starting off slow here. Um, <laughs> Buffy butts in the kitchen making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches as Tara makes breakfast. Willow comes in and she says she's going to check over Buffy bots programming again. And Tara's like, no, it's a, you've done enough, sweetie. She's either ready to face the day or she's not. And Dawn comes in and she takes in the scene and Tara gives her juice and Dawn says, what's with all the sandwiches? Because Buffybot has built this giant pile of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, which there's nothing wrong with that, Dawn. In fact, live it up because PB and J sandwiches are delicious. So 
this is interesting, okay? Because I, I think it's pretty obvious at this point that Tara and Willow are living with Dawn in the house. Living together, out of wedlock, <laughs> two unmarried lesbians. What kind of role models are they for young, impressionable, shoe-stealing Dawn? Um, but, like, look, like there's a, they're, they're mothering her, right? Like, well, Tara with is for sure. With their live-in sex spot. <laughs> <laughs> There's an interesting dynamic here, um, and, and we're obviously going to see more of it as time goes on. But at my instinct when I first saw this was awe, <laughs> like the, like that looks like oh, they're it's, stepping it's, up. Yeah. It's domestic, right? Yeah. It's the domestic bliss. I think it's meant to establish, you know, that yes, Buffy's gone. Yes, Joyce is gone. But Tara and Willow have stepped up. Like clearly, as you said, they're in this maternal role, and. Things are functioning, you know, as we find out later in the episode, like not everything is great, but like it's working. It's working about as well as it was working for the couple of uh, months or whatever there that Buffy was on her own with Dawn, right? Like, yeah, everyone's trying really hard. Every like you can tell like with Tara with like their breakfast routine and Dawn is she sees the Buffy bot and clearly that kind of has an effect on her, but she's smiling and she's taking it all in right yeah so what do we think about this whole like letting the buffy bot pretend she's people thing i mean they explain later why like why the importance of the buffy bot and how they're utilizing her to make sure everything sure but that doesn't mean you need her walking around the house right like you can just stick her in her closet or whatever uh and then pull her out every time you need her Mm -hmm. so the fact that she's like in the kitchen hanging out and they're talking to her almost as if she's i don't know it's an uncanny valley thing and i'm just i i wish i know i know we get a little bit later on in this scene with between her and don is very subtle but i wish the show had kind of made a point of maybe addressing it a little bit more yeah and i know there's like a black mirror episode um somewhere out there that uh, when someone dies, like what happens yeah, when you can one, program yeah. all of their memories and habits and everything into um, basically what the Buffy bot is, right? And you can even use it as a, as a sex bot if you wanted to. Same idea, right? Where it's like, this isn't how you grieve. That's not a healthy way to um, let go of somebody, right? Is try to replace them with something artificial. It's, it's no good for anybody. So yeah, I mean, it, you can tell Dawn has, she, she's feeling things about the Buffy bot being there. Um, but I don't know. These girls are just trying to do their best and the Buffy bot's helpful by making sandwiches. So I guess. <laughs> um, Xander comes in with a toolbox. Ugh. And he says, House of Chicks, relax. I'm a man and I have the tools. Shut up, Xander. <sighs> Shut up, Xander. I get that that's supposed to be a joke. And even the girls all look at him like, shut the fuck up. So... Yeah, but like, I mean, right off the bat, Xander, really? Like, ease us in, please. Xander takes a stack of sandwiches from the Buffy bot because no one wants to talk to him about that. Well, he says men like sandwiches. (laughs) Women like sandwiches too, Xander. Uh, Willow says, um, what brings you so early? Your your (sighs) macho-ness. And Xander says, (laughs) brought the soldering wire she wanted for Buffy bot's tune-up. The phone rings and the Buffy bot goes to get it. And Don's like, no, like it could be my dad. He said he'd call today. He's never called. He's, yeah, like, yeah, okay, Don. Um, Buffy bot says, I'll just say hello. He's my biological ancestor. And Willow answers the phone and it's, she, it's Anya. And she's like, oh, that's fantastic because clearly Anya found something um, and she'll bring it tonight. And Xander's like, oh, yeah? 
great shifty eyes <laughs> he's like um, they really need to get call display right like, yeah yeah <laughs> there's ways around even back that. then this is what 2001 like yeah. even back then you could know like who's calling or at least the phone number you know if it was long distance i bet um that kind of technology was really expensive back in the day these are struggling students clearly they're living off pb and j's all right that they, they, they can't afford that Willow says, Anya says, you're her sweet cookie face, <laughs> which actually made me laugh. Dawn wonders what tonight is. And Tara says, it's a Scooby meeting. Spike will be here with you. And Willow tells the Buffy bot that she should let the machine answer the machine, uh, answer the phone for now on. And Tara says they can't take the chance that Mr. Summers will talk to you and know something's wrong. And I was like, that's bold that Mr. Summers would know the difference between his real daughter and a robot because he's never around. And Xander says, if he thought the real Buffy was gone, he could take Dawn away. And Dawn says, I want to, I want to stay here with you, Willow and Tara. Do you understand? So again, that piece of shit, Hank. All right. So (laughs) Hank knows that Joyce is dead. Like he clearly must know at this point. He doesn't know Buffy's dead. But I don't he, know that I don't know that he knows. He probably you know? doesn't care either. <laughs> Buffy's dead. He's like, oh. he's like, oh, it's been a while since I've heard from Joyce. <laughs> he's like, I just got off the plane from fucking Cancun or wherever he flies to. But no, like the fact that he's letting his twenty-year-old daughter take care of his fifteen-year-old daughter is wild. <laughs> like, go to hell, Hank. Buffy Buck comes to her uh, over to Dawn and says. I want you to stay here as well. You're my sister. And she hugs her and everybody's watching Dawn tentatively with this because uh, like you said, like the Buffy bot walking around pretending to be Buffy and it's not Buffy. It's, it is weird. Um, and probably trauma inducing in a lot of ways. And Dawn should go to therapy, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So my sister died rescuing me from opening a portal to hell that would suck everything on earth into hell. But she's not really dead because her best friend reprogrammed a sex bot that her vampire, not quite lover, created in her image. So now the former sex bot is a robot that is embodying my sister. Oh, it's going to be a long therapy session. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Donovan? (laughs) How does that make you Uh, feel? Yeah. So, Steph, how do we feel about this very deliberate choice by the Scoobies to basically kidnapped on and do identity fraud on <laughs> Buffy? Uh, it's hard for me. Okay, so I think it's the right move because Hank is such a piece of shit. That's what I think. Agree. I yeah. think this is a really good example of the difference between the law and ethics and morality, right? Like, is this the legal thing to do? Absolutely not. This is 100% illegal. Don't do this at home. Um, is this the just thing to do? I think so, right? It, it, you know, it goes back to the whole idea of like, would you steal a loaf of bread to feed your family, even mm-hmm. though you're technically breaking the law and you know, you're disadvantaging the, the baker who baked the bread? Um, it's the same idea, right? Like, y- yes, technically this is illegal, but you know, so far, and we've only had this one scene, so far it seems like they're taking good care of Dawn. She's still going to school, so that's good. We're going to learn that in the next scene. So, you know, may- maybe it's too early to make judgment. It's just, it's so fascinating to me how this was their response to Buffy dying was just coming together and being like, well, of course we're going to take care of Dawn. And I, I think it's really lovely. 
uh, but it's just it's also so very very illegal that I just wanted to to talk about it for a moment and establish a temperature check and we'll see how things go from here. I stole a loaf of bread. That's um, a shout out to all you Lay Miz fans. Um, yeah, I feel you. And didn't Tara learn this back in season five, the episode Family, right? Your family is your chosen ones. They're the people that step up for you and, st- and are, are there for you when you really need them. So the Scoobies are a family. So of course they're going to take care of their own. But I, as we'll learn in this very episode, but also throughout the season, that you know what? They're young. And when you're young, you make terrible, awful, tragic mistakes sometimes. <laughs> so I don't know if that's true, Steph. I, I have a, I'm optimistic. I have a feeling like everything's going to come together this season. It's going to be fine. This is our season. This is Buffy's season. This is everyone's season. Woo! Season six. All right. So let's just finish it off. We'll say that um, that Willow is telling everyone, telling Xander that they have bigger worries right now than the Buffy bots fighting skills because she's about to face her most dangerous challenge ever cut to parent teacher day at the school (laughs) this is unlike any parent teacher day i ever had as a student at a school or as a teacher at a school um and i I went to parent teacher days especially when i I was in england obviously um these days i teach adults but so they're outside on the school campus walking it looks like a fair like a science fair or something career fair from season two different projects (laughs) And I'm like, what is going... Parent-teacher day, back in my day, which was in the future from this um, time. Wait, what? Say that again. <laughs> back in my day, the future of back this Back in day. my day, which is in the future of this episode. <laughs> ah. You know, I'm talking like 10 years ago. Parent-teacher day was you show up at the gymnasium for a rushed, like, five-minute conference with your exhausted teacher because it's the evening and all you want to do is get home and eat dinner and then go to bed and then wake up to teach the next day but no you have to stay and talk to these parents about how awful their children are Mm. sorry (laughs) did this trigger me yeah are you okay (laughs) do you want to talk about it (laughs) um (laughs) okay well let's let's (laughs) let's see if we can get through the scene without you having a meltdown car so uh buffy bot and don are walking through this fair of some kind they walk past a table where um don points out the city of the future and she made the hover cars which are orange because they're made out of pop cans uh and everything else in the city is white and the person sitting behind the booth i guess he's the teacher or something is talking about how they're reading walden and they're imagining the future children would imagine and he's like oh you know in the future there's no uh, it's full of pizza parlors and stuff you know kids these days and, and there's a, another student kind of hanging out at the same booth. And BuffyBot, of course, is taking everything literally. And so she's pulling a, a Zoolander and being like, well, this city is too small for people. You know, it's got to be at least twice as big. Wait, um, wait, Kara, I need to pause you. What are you talking about? Is there a secret scene that you've watched that <sighs> I don't, like, I'm not privy to? <gasps> what oh are you, goodness. What? Like, I'm, like, <laughs> listening to you, and you're like, you're not following my notes. And I'm like, what is she fanfictioning right now? Like, I was letting it go, but I cannot let it go any further. Is there a deleted scene that your version has that mine doesn't have? I guess. <laughs> listeners, oh listeners, do you know what Kara's talking about? Because I so, sure as hell don't. As I told you, as I told you this morning when I started watching the episode, my version from the, the DVD rips that I have is the two-parter is it's a full feature length it's an hour and 26 minutes 
and all the credits are up front for both parts one and two. So yes, I, I guess this is a scene that got <laughs> deleted from the the edited two-parter version. Literally no clue what you're talking about. That's so <laughs> fucking funny. Okay, what yeah, what happens? What happens? The Buffy bot says something great. Yeah, so she she's like, you know, I don't know of any breed of human that's small enough to live in this city. <laughs> so Don is getting embarrassed because there's a cute boy standing at this booth. Is it Kevin? I don't know if it's Kevin. Again, all all the the cute white boys with brown hair look the same. Uh, I'm, I know I'm asking the wrong person. It could have been Angel for all you know. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> how am I gonna how am I gonna fact check you? I don't have this version you're watching. Oh my goodness, this is great. Um, but anyway, so. <laughs> Dot recovers by playing it off as a jo- joke. She starts to laugh. The teacher starts to laugh. Buffy's like, yes. Like, she's not sure what's funny. So Dawn very quickly pulls Buffy away. And then we cut to the scene that you have in your notes. <laughs> wow. Now we're back on track. Wow. Yeah. So now we're in a classroom where uh, Buffy Bot is sitting next to Dawn. And you got a bunch of other parents all sitting at desks. And we hear a teacher uh, lecturing the children, um, or not lecturing the children, lecturing the parents about how they're terrible parents and they need to do, do a better job of getting their kids ready for being in the mindset for, set for school. Steph, I am a teacher and, you know, I hate what this teacher is doing. It gives teachers a bad name. I also think it's really ironic because as we are watching and recapping this episode, we're currently in the middle of this awful rise of like queer hatred and and all sorts of stuff happening in Canada and the U S and a lot of it's being channeled through this rhetoric of parents' rights. And you have a lot of uh, disgruntled parents uh, organizing and running for like positions on school board and stuff because they don't want their kids learning that some people have two moms or two dads or you know, uh, they don't want their kids learning about racism and stuff. And so so watching this scene was very, like, surreal to me because I'm like, here and now, those parents would not sit there looking, like, listening, especially because the teacher is a black woman, uh, listening to this teacher, like, basically lecture them that they need to make their kids care about learning. Like, those parents mm-hmm. nowadays would be like, oh, no, 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 no. You need to be fired, uh, and we're going to make sure you're not teaching critical race theory. Um, and you know, we're going to take over the school board. It just the scene did not age well. <laughs> Another triggering moment for Carl, the teacher. Sorry. Um, so basically, uh, Buffy Bot raises her hand and says, uh, "School is where you learn." <laughs> and the teacher's like, "Okay." And then she's like, yes, exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. You know, parents let their kids socialize. You should be focused on learning. Uh, and then she talks about, uh, you know, education is just as important as lunch shower. And Buffy Bot interjects again and says, oh, I helped make lunch today before school. Peanut butter and jelly. I don't eat, but Don takes one every day, which didn't pick up on the not eating part. A little bit concerning, teacher, but okay. Um, and then uh, a white man takes this moment to realize that the women are speaking and he should be the one speaking, of course. And he pipes it and says, 
Uh, tell me about it. My kid's been brown bagging it, even though I paid for the lunch program. So he's very upset about this, and he wants the school mm-hmm. to do something. And by gosh darn it, he's a white man, and they better listen to him. They will. And a- another white woman says, this is true. Something has to be done about the quality of the food. And it devolves into complaining about the food at the school. Um, and I-, I-, I feel for the teacher at this point, and I'm just like, she... she- did not want to do this job, but she probably was like the last person in the staff room to say not it. I want to say to these parents, to these this, this group of Karens, this uh, moo group that's starting up here, I think it's okay for you to be brown bagging it with your kids because if we think about the history of the cafeteria at Sunnydale High, I know this is not Sunnydale High, but it's cl- another high school, I'm assuming. Maybe Berryman High? In Sunnydale. <laughs> Berryman High. Um, there were snakes in the cafeteria. The lunch lady tried to poison everyone with rat poison one time. Like, you know what? Brown bag it, everyone. Don't trust the school food. All right. 40 minutes in. Scene four. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Well, maybe if you stop adding in secret scenes, Kara, uh, <laughs> at the magic shop, Giles is going through papers and inquiries, uh, and he inquires with Anya about a January register report that's off. And Anya's like, are you mad at me? Why are you torturing me? I used to punish people like this when I was a demon, make them double check spreadsheets for all eternity. And Giles says, I'm sorry if you resent my thoroughness, but I won't be comfortable leaving here until I know that. And then Anya cuts him off and she grabs a statue out of a box and she's like, you're taking the Ramadan effigy? And Giles is like, it's not inventory. It's my personal collection. And Anya says, aren't you Mr. Dicey Semantics? You think you can just take anything you want and she grabs it from him he grabs it back and they start slapping each other like like slap fight (laughs) okay so xander comes over and he's like when i'm marveling at the immaturity be scared oh so true xander i actually very much agree with you here xander says anya giles is going to leave the store to you when he goes what more do you want and giles says i'm not leaving the store to anyone i'm going to england i'm not dead i'm still a partner Anya says, a silent overseas partner. Xander says, who you should be very nice to unless you want to end up working at Video Hut. So first of all, Xander, nothing wrong with working at Video Hut, okay? Number two, I agree with Xander here. And it like, (gasps) I know it dirties my soul to say it, but um, Anya should be more grateful. We're we're actually (laughs) siding with Xander when he's lecturing Anya about how she should behave. I... I... Wow, I don't moving, want... this, moving to a new network really has messed with the show and us. <laughs> You've changed stuff. You've changed. <laughs> <laughs> Motherhood has changed you. I'm a different person now. I just, I honestly just, I agree. I think Anya should be more grateful to Giles. Because oh, I, 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 yeah. I am 100% behind you on this. Yeah. I also agree with Xander. And I think he's doing a really good job. Wow, people who want us to slander Xander, please skip to the next scene. We slandered him at the beginning. (laughs) It's true, it's true. Um, He's doing a really good job of, like, diffusing and de-escalating the situation, and then he takes Anya aside, which I think, you know, rather than him trying to correct her in front of other people, I think that was part of the issue last season, he's taking her aside, and they're actually having, like, a conversation as a couple, and I think... I liked that. Yeah, and he actually, it's kind of like he checks in with her because he says, what kind of gratitude is that? 
right? Like what? Like I mean, it is luxury, but like she kind of needs to be set straight here, or at least find out what is causing her to react this way. Checking in, right? Yeah. Like, and, and then the camera pans away, and it comes back, and she's Betty White, and you know she needs the Snickers. <laughs> exactly. Um, Anya says she knows, like, so she's aware. Yeah, I'm being a bitch. Um, it's just that he keeps saying he's going, and then he doesn't, and I keep almost being in charge, and then I'm not, and maybe he shouldn't even be going at all, but we can't talk about that and it all just leaves me with the stress and bossiness stored up and it just leaks out xander says give it time this is hard for all of us and be patient anya says i was being patient but it took too long i miss buffy i do but life shouldn't stop because she's gone i'm sick of waiting to take over and the waiting to tell and waiting to tell everyone about us and xander says we can't announce our engagement while things are up in the air because remember everyone they got engaged at the end of last season Anya says, why not? It's happy news. Happy news in hard times is a good thing. And Xander says, it is, but let's just hold on. We'll know more after we talk to Willow and Tara tonight. Anya says, fine, but just remember that this whole marriage thing was your stupid idea, and I didn't ask to be all crazy. So as much as we were on Xander's side, I flipped right back over. And then I'm like, shut up, Xander. So Anya, you're speaking on behalf of all women who are settling for the wrong partner here. (laughs) I agree. Um, Engagement news is good news. All right. And this this group of people has been through a lot of heartbreaks since last season, starting off with the tragic loss of Riley. (laughs) Yeah. when, When your partner asks you to marry him, but then tells you that you have to keep the engagement secret far longer than you should. That is a reddest of red flags at that point. Exactly. So, like, I get that Xander, remember, the, he watched the deterioration of the Ruffy relationship, and then he's like, I'm going to go tell Anya I love her because I don't want to be alone. And then he's like, oh, shit, we're in an apocalypse. I'm going to propose to her because I, I want to feel that before I die. So so these are the things that he did last season, for sure. But now it's pretty clear that Xander didn't think things through enough he possibly made some hasty decisions that weren't the right decisions to make. And now he's making Anya suffer for it. And I think that's really unfair. So boo on you, Xander. If Xander doesn't want to be alone, he should just get with Spike. Because they're both terrible people who have unrequited <laughs> love for Buffy. So they have a lot in common. Yes, absolutely. Um, and also I want to add that Anya is... Um, she wants a promotion. She was promised a promotion. She hasn't been given it yet. I get that too, because <laughs> Anya's been trying to climb that corporate ladder. We talked about that last week, last last uh, season. Um, so Giles keeps dangling that promotion, that that ability to to manage and be in charge in front of her, and it gets taken away. Plus the fact that something is happening tonight that's causing her a bit of stress. Yes, and and shout out to our autistic and neurodivergent listeners who really identify with Anya throughout this series. It's very evident in in this scene, right? Where she's talking about like, you know, Giles is leaving, but he shouldn't be leaving, but we can't talk about it. And, you know, Buffy's dead and I'm sorry she's dead, but also like life goes on. It's like, I think these are very kind of common experiences for a lot of neurodivergent people where, you know, in our society, we have scripts that we're supposed to follow dealing with these kind of life events and these changes, like the death of a loved one or somebody moving away. And like you said, like kind of taking over a business, taking on more responsibility. There's social scripts you're expected to follow. There's cues you're expected to understand. And Anya, of course, 
doesn't follow or understand any of that. So she's constantly left in the dark. She's constantly feeling left out because Xander and everybody else is telling her how she should behave. She doesn't know any better. Nobody's ever explained it to her. And so, you know, I I feel for her and, and I'm sure a lot of other neurodivergent people feel that way as well. I agree. And for someone who really wants to start wedding planning and she's not allowed to, that sucks. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so many angles with that Anya right now. Um, at the Summer's house, Dawn is being watched over by Spike and she's telling him about the Buffy bot's success at school. And Spike says it's because the Buffy bot is a robot, which is predictable. It's boring. A perfect teacher's pet. And I was like, no, no, Xander's teacher's pet. Spike. <laughs> uh, Buffy pun. Um, Spike says that that's how schools are. They're factories spewing out mindless little automatons. And then he sees Don looking at him and he's like, uh, who go on to become very valuable and productive members of society and you should go because Buffy would want you to oh, go. <laughs> Spike, you know, Spike, the OG punk Spike being like, but you should go to school. Oh, so it's stay in school, funny. kids. Very funny um don's like okay one mindless automaton coming up and spike asks her if she wants to play a game of rummy you know like how they're gonna pass the time tonight don says that willow and tara said they'd be back early so you don't have to hang out if you're bored right so she's giving him an out she's like you don't have to be here i forgot that people played cards together before we all were just lost in our phones all the time (laughs) do you want to play solitaire on our phones beside each other I'm just going to send you memes all night if that's okay. Honestly, I would love that. (laughs) I mean, that is what you and I do. Yeah, you and I essentially send gif after gif after gif. Um, So Spike says, uh, I'm not. And yeah, I do. And Don says, I'm fine alone. It's not like anyone's coming for me because I'm not the key. Or if I am, I don't open anything anymore. It's over. Remember? And Spike says, I'm not leaving you here by yourself. So forget it. And then Don pushes again, and then Spike slams the cards on the table. And he says, no, I'm not leaving you to get hurt. Not again. All right. So, 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 so. Um, Spike is clearly going through something. <laughs> Survivor's <laughs> guilt is my guess. Everybody needs therapy. Everyone needs to get that Buffy butt out of here. We need an sure. entire, like firm of therapists to send upon Sunnydale. <laughs> yeah, if I could give them one gift, if you know, but death was Buffy's gift. My gift is therapy. <laughs> <laughs> so so remember last season, um, last episode, you were saying how you do think Spike genuinely cares about Don. In this scene, I was like, yeah, I can see that. Because like, I think I was more like, does he? <laughs> but here it's like, well, Buffy's been dead for, uh, I don't know, an un- undetermined amount of months of this because they haven't told us how long she's been dead yet. But here he is. He's very concerned with her safety or at least keeping a promise to keep her safe. So he's obviously here for more reasons than just protecting Dawn. But I'm sure Dawn is a big part of that. The Buffy bot is stopping a vampire from eating a woman in an alleyway. And as she fights the vampire, he grabs the bottle and smashes it on her face, revealing all the electric wires underneath. And he's like, you're, you're a you're a machine. And she's like, thank you. As he backs away, um, she starts repeatedly walking into containers in the alleyway. And she's like, vampires, beware. So clearly she's malfunctioning. The vampire notices, laughs and runs away. So here we go, Cara. This is a doozy of a scene this lots of lots of stuff to say about the scene here the scoobies meeting Mm -hmm. 
They're at Xander's and Anya, Willow, Xander, and Tara are talking. Anya gives Willow a urn of Osiris. Um, and Anya says she found it from, she uh, had to go through every supplier at the magic box and Willow's concerned. She's like the magic box, like Giles could find out. And Anya says he's too busy not leaving to pay attention to me. Besides, she ended up getting it on eBay from a desert gnome in Cairo. He drove a really hard bargain, but I finally got him to throw in a limited edition Backstreet Boys lunchbox for, and it's clearly for Xander, but he coughs and she says <laughs> for a friend. And again, my, my trampoline feelings for Xander in this episode <laughs> because I would also love to have I was about to say there's no Boys shame yeah. in coveting a Backstreet Boys lunchbox Xander like I never had the Backstreet Boys fever that many of my friends oh. had but oh. I understand by association how cool that would be and like even now I feel like the Backstreet Boys are so cool oh they are ba- BSB for life I think I've seen them in concert more than any other artist in concert if anyone ever comes and says that nsync is better than backstreet boys i will debate you i will fight to my death i will go to mariana's trench levels of low to fight you on all right please email prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or dm our instagram account with your spicy backstreet boys versus nsync hot takes (laughs) so uh willow says um this is the one which means it's time and xander says time with the timeliness and Anya says are you sure Willow says I am Tara says Mercury's in retrograde so she sounds like every girl on Instagram when isn't Mercury in retrograde come on (laughs) Tara says do we have everything Willow says just about Xander's wondering like what's the rush right since the Buffy bot is performing well and Willow says tomorrow night we meet back here and Xander's like whoa 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 let's pump the brakes check the rear and side view mirrors this is deep stuff, Willow. We're talking about raising the dead. Wait, what? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Willow says, it's time we stop talking. Tomorrow night, we're bringing Buffy back. What? Whoa. Really? This is this is the direction we're going with this show? <laughs> no, we're not allowed to do that. I thought it was Buffy bought the vampire We've had a whole episode last season talking about how we shouldn't do that. Right? <laughs> I have so many thoughts about this. Okay. My first thing I want to say is it's very consistent with Xander's character to worry about Willow's use of magic, particularly dark, powerful magic. Because remember back in the day, Rasoling Angel, after she was in the hospital, was like a really big deal. He didn't want her to do it. Also because he didn't feel like Angel, but that's a, that's a whole other rant I had a, a two years ago. And then, of course, the Delusting spell. So like, there's a lot of examples of Xander being like whoa 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 let's let's hold the phone on your magic but it's also just as consistent for willow to get upset when people try to stop her from doing magic that she wants to do or doubt that she can do it or that it's too dangerous for her that she's too meek for it right so a couple of things that are consistent here anya's tries to make an excuse she says the discovery channel has um something on monkeys or something the next day and they don't their tape machine is wonky and i was like ah tape machines remember those Willow says she needs them on board. Xander says it feels wrong. Tara says it is wrong. It's against all the laws of nature and it's practically impossible to do, but it's what we agreed to do if you guys are changing your mind. Excuse me, Tara, Tara what, what, Ta- what is going on? You were Tara- so against raising the dead 
What is happening? What is happening? I'm shocked. I'm shocked. This is shocking behavior from Tara because you change networks and suddenly you're right? in favor of resurrection. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I was like, this character change up all of a sudden. Where Tara last, like, she was like hard no, hard no, a couple of episodes ago, and now she's like, you guys, Mercury's in retrograde. Like, come on, we have to do it. Um, this is bad. This is bad. I don't believe that Tara would ever be on board with this, but. She is, apparently. Uh, Willow says quite intensely that nobody's changing their minds, period. And Xander says, excuse me, who made you the boss of the group? Tara says, you did. You said Willow should be the boss. And Anya's like, yeah, you made us vote. And it was unanimous. Tara says, you made a little plaque with sparkles on it that said, boss of us. <laughs> so, Kara, we haven't assessed the leadership hierarchy of the Scooby gang since season two. I think it's time that we redo it again now. So when Buffy's not there, who do we think is in charge? Giles. (laughs) I think, okay, I think Giles, but hey, he's out of the credits now, so I guess he's no longer Scooby. Right, sorry, I I didn't think that we were talking about Giles. Sorry, yes, you're correct. Giles Giles first. Then Willow. Yeah. Then... I would say Tara. Tara? <laughs> then, Even though she hasn't been around as long? She's no, more but she's the more responsible. Maybe not in this episode, but she's usually the more responsible one. Okay, so Tara, and then Anya, and then Ooh, okay. Spike, and then Dawn, Spike. and then Xander. <laughs> okay, honestly, I would put Xander above Anya. It's it's purely because sometimes Anya's judgment is a little bit sidetracked with the fact that she used to be a demon. But... I would agree with you there. It would be um, Xander, Steph, Anya, Spike, that and That is so demonist of you. Sorry, what is going against on? Anya because she's a former demon. Oh my god! I didn't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can be your co-host anymore. I didn't know you had such bigotry in your heart. Season six, new network, new podcast host. Here we go. Um, yeah. So so anyway, yeah. Clearly, Willow's in charge here. And Xander says, we were just talking then, right? And Willow says, I can do this, I promise, but not without you. Anya says, should we tell Giles? And Willow says, no one, no one else can know. Not Giles, not Spike, not Dawn. They might not understand. So so why, Kara? Why? Why would Spike and Giles not understand more than Anya or Xander? Because in my opinion, Anya would understand the repercussions of this a lot more then or the same amount as it's, Spike it's not or about repercussions it's about who's desperate enough to go along with this scheme anya and xander and tara are all desperate enough to follow the scheme because they're really kind of suffering from buffy not being here like on a very practical level giles is peacing out and he has too much experience with dark magics to think that this is a good idea spike also has a fair amount of experience with dark magics and resurrection and as much as he might want Buffy back on like a lustful <laughs> level, um, I, I think that he would understand that that's like one temptation too far. Uh, and Don, of course, you know, previous experience with <laughs> resurrection, uh, this is not something she should be around. So I agree with Willow's evaluation of the situation. If you're going to secretly try to resurrect your best friend, this is the group you want to do it with. Then Tara says, what if something goes wrong, right? And Willow says, I'm telling you, it won't. Xander says, scenario. We raise Buffy from the grave. She tries to eat our brains. Do we, A, congratulate ourselves on a job well done? Xander, that would require you to have brains to eat. Zing! (laughs) 
Willow says Xander, this isn't zombies. Anya corrects him and says that zombies only eat brains if instructed to by their zombie masters. <laughs> Willow says this isn't like Dawn trying to bring Mrs. Summers back or anything we've dealt with before. Buffy didn't die a natural death. She was killed by mystical energy, which means we don't know where she really is. Xander says, we saw her body, Willow. She, we, we buried her. And Willow says, her body? Yeah. But her soul? Her essence? That could be somewhere else. She could be trapped in some sort of hell dimension like Angel was, suffering eternal torment just because she saved us and I'm not going to leave her there. It's Buffy. So Xander says, what time do we meet? So this is a, an interesting way of just very quickly hanging a lampshade on the fact that, as you and I have discussed, they weren't supposed to do this, right? They're like, okay, you get one. We get one resurrection. Obviously, it's going to be Buffy. Here's why we couldn't bring back Joyce, but here's our excuse for bringing back Buffy. And it's like, okay, fine. Like, I I think it's actually a, a good excuse. It's a good enough justification. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. Obviously, they had to bring Buffy back. As much as you and I joked at the end of last season, oh, two more seasons without Buffy, how will this work? <laughs> obviously, Sarah Michelle Gellar is coming back. But, like, it's one of those things where it's like, it's fiction, it's TV show. We all just kind of agree to, like, accept that and yeah. move on. I I do think that Willow, at least her intention and what she says here about fearing that Buffy is in a hell dimension the way Angel was, is legit, right? I think that oh, is I good. I think it appears mm -hmm. to be good. I don't think that you and I could say that it's not a little bit about ego because we've been talking about Willow's ego with magic a little bit already. It's about ego in the sense that I think Willow also feels guilty that she didn't have the power and strength and wherewithal to stop glory or and stop the ritual from starting in the gift in time and therefore Buffy had to sacrifice herself, right? I think Willow's really letting that guilt eat her up every night, being like, I could have been faster, I could have been stronger, I could have done something differently, like reliving that night over in her head. Because as you were saying, right, it's that ego, it's that arrogance. She's like, I'm a big bad Wicca. I should be able, I should have like done more. And because I didn't, because I failed, that's why Buffy had to sacrifice herself. Yeah, and when you think about the last two episodes of, of Willow from The Weight of the World and The Gift, she really stepped up into that leadership role. She's the one that got Buffy out of her funk by going into her brain and using her magic that way. She also used her magic to give Tara her sanity back and she took out Glory for like a little bit um, in order to do that. So even her attitude here where she's like so serious, right? Like she's so like iron steel in this in this episode, but in particular in the scene and it carries over from what we saw of her at the end of last season. So... Yeah, clearly she's leveled up in her own mind, especially um, when it comes to using magic and what her capabilities are with it. Mm -hmm. But um, overall, I do think that her reasoning for wanting to rip Buffy out of wherever she thinks she is, is sound. Like, I get it. And like you're saying, like, yeah. it, it makes sense. And, and I, I do see where she's coming from because the circumstances are so similar to what happened to Angel in season two. But... I also want to put out there that so negative Willow, because it is concerning the fact that clearly the Scoobies have had numerous talks about this. Like this is not their first meeting regarding this resurrection spell because they've been collecting things they need from it. Sounds like all summer or all whatever this is spring. I don't know when this is, but why does it have to be so negative? Like it's weird to me that they haven't even considered 
that it could be somewhere positive that she is, that she could be somewhere at peace, right? It always has to be negative, again, because their only experience with this, with interdimensional portal jumping, is with Angel, where he was in a hell dimension. So I, I think I think that the writers did a good job of explaining this away. I will say that the weakest point in this episode and in this conversation is Tara. I don't think it's t- within Tara's character that we've seen so far that she would ever go along with this plan. And I think it would have made a lot more sense for Tara to be the one that's like showing um, hesitation and not Xander. Yeah, but Tara wants her bestie back. But also, <clears throat> I, I hear what you say. I agree with you. However, I think we have to remember Tara is seldom comfortable voicing discord within a group setting i'm willing to assume based on what we know about these characters and their relationship that tara has already had several knockdown drag out conversations with willow about this in private but it's one of those things where it's like you present a united front you know i know xander and anya don't understand this as partners because they're not suited for each other (laughs) but like tara and willow understand that they fight in private but then they present the united front to everybody else yeah that's fair and like for sure it sounds like willow has convinced tara from what she, you know she was saying out in forever right she was like it's bad and willow's like yeah bad <laughs> right but like it sounds like she's had half a year to really work on her i'm just saying i think it would have been better overall and for what we know is to come this season for tara to show a little bit of pushback now and to be like <sighs> you know what I don't like oh, this plan. Oh, oh, so you missed the secret deleted scene where it's just Tara and Willow bickering. I, I made that one up. Could, yeah. But. Everyone don't get confused. That's She's making that up. But just saying, if Tara just push, was the one to push here and not Xander, and she was the one to be like, you know what? I'm going to support you because you're my partner, and I also don't want to see you get hurt. So I'm going to be there to back you up. But just for the record, I don't like this plan. I think would have made a little more sense for Tara. So... Willow comes home. Um, Dawn's already in bed. Spike is standing with the Buffy bot, and he says that the Buffy bot got into some sort of scrape. And Buffy bot says, "My feet are broken." <laughs> so Willow says it looks like a short in the navigation system. And listen, listen, Kara, listen. I don't want to see Warren ever again. All right, I don't. But maybe they should have asked him to make more Buffy bots <laughs> after after Buffy died, if this was going to be their plan, right? If this, if their plan was always to just have Buffy bot there to pretend that Buffy's not dead, uh, maybe they should have gotten more. So Spike says that she wanted to go looking for you, uh, but I stopped her because obviously it's no good for have her broken out there. And Buffy bot says, I'm programmed to go to Willow. And Willow's like, yeah, um, just this once is a good idea to stay away, but like otherwise, yes. Uh, the Buffy bot says, sorry, I questioned you, Spike. You know I admire your brain almost as much as your washboard abs. And Spike looks upset by this kind of talk. And he says, Willow, I told you to make her stop doing that. And Willow says, I did. I thought I got all the stuff out of her program. Spike says, fix it. Willow says, I have a lot of work here. <laughs> like, all right, I got a lot to do, but I'll try to see what I can do. And Spike storms out. And you know what, Spike? If you didn't want her saying stuff like that you shouldn't have put in all those gross sex programs in the first place so i don't really feel bad for you that that triggered you (laughs) but 
The Buffy bot says to Willow, I think Spike stopped liking me. And Willow says, that's not true. He thinks you're swell. <laughs> and Buffy sa- Buffy bot says, how come he never looks at me anymore, even when he's talking to me? Willow just says, he just gets cranky the way vampires do. Now, just relax. I'm going to make you good as new. I promise. Now, she's obviously not talking to the Buffy bot anymore. She's pretending she's talking to Buffy. She's like, I'm going to make you better. I'm going to, I promise you. Cara, I really, I, I really want to register a little bit of my annoyance here though. Okay. I think that James Marsters is doing an excellent job of portraying Spike's grief because it's like a simmering anger and guilt under the surface there that it, that he's doing what he has to do. He's going through the motions of being part of the Scooby gang and protecting Dawn, but it keeps exploding out of him like it did with Dawn earlier and it's doing it with Willow here. I think that makes sense because he's a vampire and he's going to be aggressive and angry or whatever. That's how he deals with stuff. So Short of getting violent and trashing the place, I like what James Marsters is doing with Spike here. But call it Spike dislike if you must. But I just, I'm annoyed with Spike. And I I find it hard to be moved by his grief for Buffy here because the lingering memory of last season is still hanging over this character for me. His grief for Buffy is so closely connected to his obsession with her from last season that it's, it's just hard for me to dismiss it still right like it's not like it's wiped clean after what happened last episode like i still feel icky from his obsession the toxic grossness of what he did to her last season the way he stalked her the way she banished him from her house and then used him at the end of the season to help her protect dawn right it's not like she was like yeah i want you to continue loving me she's like no i'm gonna use this guy to protect my sister and now buffy's dead and Spike is still here and lingering around. And yeah, it's, it's, it's helpful to the Scoobies because he's helping them patrol and he's taking care of Don and that's a good thing. But the icky is still there for me. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think I agree with you for the most part. I guess my question is just like, what else does Spike have at this point? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I just see it as desperation and depression, right? Like the one thing that he claims to have loved, whether or not we agree that he actually loved her, is gone. Uh, Dawn is the closest thing, you know, in terms of like, well, I can protect Dawn and therefore it feels like I'm satisfying this need I had to be there for Buffy. But like, if he were to go, like, where would he go? You know, he's a, he's a vampire who's known for killing other demons. He he can't feed, like he's, I I think the episode is doing a a good job of understating just how pathetic of a character he is at this point, you know? Like, this is his only place in the world right now. And I I think Spike is acutely aware of that. And some of what you're seeing as these explosions of his grief, I agree with that reading, but I would add on top of that, it's his frustration and his impotence, right? His realizing that, like, this is my life now. It's helping the Scoobies. It's helping these women because of course Spike hates women. Um, And it's the frustration that that's his life. And the one thing that was good about that for him, getting to be around Buffy is gone. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's, you know, the the universe threw up this huge F you in his face and he has to live with that every day. Poor thing. I'm loving it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, and and here I am (laughs) drinking it up. Yeah, no, and that's really good. And I think, like, if I were to be more generous in my reading to him as well, remember at the last, the last time he spoke to Buffy was him telling her that she makes, she treats him like a man. And you and I were also like, does she? (laughs) 
<laughs> but he he perceives it as that. So being this character in the Scooby gang, being this tool, you could say, um, Don's bodyguard, the supernatural force that helps them fight evil, it gives him purpose, right? So to go on to what you're saying, where like, where does he belong anymore now? Because he's a muzzled vampire, at least what he's doing now keeps him feeling that feeling that Buffy made him feel. Sorry. I think the the term you're looking for is a neutered vampire. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for correcting me. (laughs) So, all right. It's nighttime. Dawn can't sleep. This is actually a really sad scene. Um, She goes into Mm -hmm. Buffy's room and the Buffy bot's charging on her bed and Dawn lies next to it and cuddles her. And the Buffy bot's eyes are open, which is just creepy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, (sighs) Dawn appears to be i don't know dare i say dawn is the one handling her grief the healthiest at this point (laughs) yeah but also and this is my criticism of tara and willow as dawn's surrogate parents at this point is again where's the counseling where's the therapy dawn has just lost two mother figures she's lost her actual mom and her sister and it's like you're making her go to school okay that's normal that's healthy but like you're forcing her to lie about her sister still being alive that's not healthy and and like how else are you helping her deal with this like it's kicking the trauma can down the road and i don't like it yeah and again this is just really sad because like you said she's lost her mother and her sister and here she is like cuddling this buffy bod who continues to walk through the house like as if she is buffy but she's not but it's the closest thing that dawn has to cuddle with and that's really like so um we're at the magic box in the back the buffy bot and giles are boxing and giles tells her to work on her breathing and he suggests thinking of chi where the air is a life force and anya's watching and she says maybe stick to the standard drill you don't want her to blow a gasket and giles is testing her responses after her injury and he says no harm in parting a little eastern philosophy and i was like whoa okay Okay, go off okay i don't know giles explaining chi as an eastern philosophy as part of your training it's like a foreigner goes on a two-week trip to china and then suddenly feels like he's the expert on the culture and comes back speaking mandarin which 100 percent happened to me (laughs) one time um i'm not naming names but someone went and lived in thailand for six months came back to thunder bay saw me there and was like ni hao stephanie and started speaking mandarin (laughs) And I was like, hi, blank name. Um, we went to high we went to high school together for four years and never once spoke that way, but alright. Um so if anyone in this Scooby gang or in the Buffy verse were to understand Chi, it would be Angel, because he actually spent time in China and knows Tai Chi. <laughs> and he does it shirtless, lest we forget. So Oh dear. Anya thinks the concept of she is hard for her to grasp. She says she's not a descendant of a long line of mystic warriors. She's a descendant of a toaster oven. <laughs> so Giles gets mad. He's like, I appreciate your input, but uh, the Buffy bot is responding very nicely. And Anya's like, you're the boss still and leaves. So snarky snark. Giles says, your responses are fine. And he starts to drink water. But then he's like musing to himself. He's like, perhaps Anya's right. Perhaps I'm trying to teach you as if you are. And the Buffy bot says, human? I like your teachings. Every Slayer needs her watcher. And Giles is like, I'm not so sure about that. I just can't help but wonder if she would have been better off without me. And Buffy Bot says, I don't think that's true. You were very helpful to her. 
Giles says, I was the perfect watcher. You're like, yeah, I did what any good watcher would do. Got my slayer killed in the line of duty. Oh, Giles. And I was like, Giles, twice. <laughs> You're forgetting that you already did that. True, uh, true. <laughs> Buffy Blot says, that wasn't your fault. He says, of course not. That's how all slayer watcher relationships end, isn't it? She's gone. I did my job. And Buffy Bot says, then why are you still here? Ooh, Ooh. so uh, my first question here was, is Giles feeling guilty about killing sexy intern Ben? Not at all. If anything, he's feeling worse that he didn't do it sooner. (laughs) (laughs) Before Ben killed, you know, at least six people. Um, Minions. No. Giles is the Ripper. He 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 will do those hard things. Absolutely not. No, he feels guilty about the death of Joyce. He feels guilty about, well, not I don't know if he feels guilty about Joyce, but he's sad about that. So he's grieving Joyce. He's upset. Not just that Buffy died again in the, in the line of duty, right? But like their relationship was so complicated compared to your standard Watcher Slayer dynamic of you know Watcher commands, Slayer obeys. It's very kind of like distance detached relationship it you know they were father daughter and we're seeing in giles the grief that we're never gonna see from piece of shit hank summers (laughs) it's true but i also really want to register that giles could give a shit about dawn you know what i'm saying because because okay so (laughs) so he loves buffy buffy's the one he's the daughter figure right he's feeling super guilty he's a lot like spike or like that survivor's guilt of um he sent buffy off to her death right and he's feeling guilty about that but he was so ready to kill dawn (laughs) instead of buffy and even in this very episode he's like fuck dawn and he's gonna go back to england (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like savage so okay, savage okay. i'm not sure it's exactly the same thing but sure uh <laughs> cut to a biker bar for demons uh and it's, it's daytime but inside the bar we got a vampire uh i guess he's staying up late for a little drinky time uh and he's talking to a very like scary looking like biker demon he's got like uh straps attached to like uh piercings in his face it's 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 a look it's a, mm. it's a choice i like the look of these um, demons i think they look good yeah i mean it, yeah it's like kinky leather daddy biker stuff and if that <laughs> is your thing great if that is not your thing maybe don't watch these scenes mm. and, and so the vampire this is the same vampire from the alley who uh kind of wounded buffy bot and he's bragging about it he's like yeah i, t- I took on the slayer and she's a machine she's a robot uh and the biker demon is like Wait, wait a minute. What are you talking about? Say what? <laughs> Say what? So he grabs the vampire by the scruff of his neck and drags him across the bar uh, to a booth where the presumably leader of the biker gang is. And the leader says, what's with the blood rat? So again, just this reinforcement of the hierarchy of demons and how vampires are near the bottom. Sometimes they're not, though. Like elite vampires like Angelus and Spike tend to have demon minions and well, stuff, you know? But but that's because they've established themselves as like forces to be reckoned with, right? Yeah. But just your average va- run-of-the-mill vampire off the street? Pfft, no respect there. Um, so the the vampire kind of talks about what's good, like repeats the story and, and, and tries to like give like a, a full like blow by blow. Of course, he's exaggerating it. Um, and the biker demon's like, no, 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 no. Just here's the bottom line. 
looks like there's no Slayer in Sunnydale. She's a machine. It's a trick. And the leader's like, no Slayer in Sunnydale. Town's wide open. So uh, one of the demons says, nowhere like the Hellmouth for a party. There's all kinds of bad in that place. And all the demons chuckle, an evil chuckle. And the vampire says, oh, I know you guys don't let vampires join the gang. I got, I got the whole sunlight issue, but I was thinking as thanks for the 411, you could let me go with you. And as he's saying that, the demon leader kind of gets up and basically like grabs the vampire and like just rips his, his head clean off. So we see the vampire fall headless to the ground in dust, of course, very quickly. And then the leader says, let's ride. <laughs> yeah. And the whole bar of biker demons cheers. And then they go outside <laughs> and they gear up on their motorcycles and they drive off towards Sunnydale in the broad daylight. <laughs> yeah. Steph, this is what happens when you leave your white boy gangs out in the sun too long. <laughs> yeah. This is very wild hogs of them <laughs> to go on this giant well, motorcycle. But road I, trip. I mean, you know, I know biker gangs generally get like a very bad rap because you have some very extreme ones right but at the same time it's like not everybody who wears leather and rides a motorcycle is a member of a criminal organization or a gang so they're leaning into a stereotype here yes um i just think it's hilarious that you have demons who are like like motorcycle heads right like how do they buy these motorcycles do they have intermediaries is there like a secret underground like demon mechanic shop like i want more i want a whole backstory to the biker demons yeah and just like just a little fun fact um my husband used to be in a in a bike gang (laughs) not like well yeah yeah but they like as in he him and his buddies thought it was gonna be like oh me and my friends ride our motorcycles together but turns out when you actually establish like a group like a um a group to ride with you have to run it by the hell's angels I don't understand oh. why or how or what the fuck, but some somehow they have to give you the okay if you're going to be a group of men riding together. It's very strange, at least over this area of Canada. Men in general are very strange stuff, and I don't understand them. <laughs> Someone explain men. So, right <laughs> into Prophecy Girls podcast at gmail.com. Please explain men. Explain why men. Dot dot dot. So, a beautiful creek in in beautiful sunshine. Willows chanting in a foreign language it's very asmr she's wearing a pure white dress and a cardigan and she's doing some sort of ritual right and she says come forward blessed one know your calling and a cute baby deer comes towards her it's bambi bambi just watched his mom die and he's coming out of the forest because he thinks willow's gonna give him solace yeah he's found he's found um the blessed one as snow white is calling to him and then what the fuck willow takes a dagger and just stabs it to death and i literally was like, <gasps> like I, was I looked away I, I actually I, I went and grabbed my tea at this point i knew this was coming oh. and i'm just like i'm not watching this oh so side eye side eye willow she's now covered in blood she accepts she says accept our humble gratitude for your offering in death you give life may you find wings to the kingdom and then she eyes around her like suspiciously she's like did anyone see that like yeah willow we fucking saw you <laughs> she i assumed she was in rugs field at this point <laughs> <laughs> she definitely was because that that is actually that's the rugs field that riley described originally right but then when he went there it's like what the fuck are you talking about riley anyway everyone go listen to season four um okay 
When I say that in Weight of the World and the Gift, Willow leveled up in her magic and her attitude, that is absolutely correct. I'm I'm supporting myself in what I just said because <laughs> not three episodes ago in Spiral, Willow was begging Buffy to spare the horsies, right? And here she is murdering cute little fawns. And it's it's horrifying. So I had to ask the question again in my notes. I said, is Willow sacrificing her innocence to bring Buffy back in oh, this case? Oh, totally. And is that because of her friendship and her love for Buffy? Or again, is it another way for Willow to level up? Yes. Yes to all. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's, it's definitely both. I don't think you can distinguish at this point. I, I think it's because this is the thing about being human, right? Is we're flawed and it's very hard for us to do things for selfless reasons. Willow has genuine selfless reasons, but it's also selfish. It's both, and it's messy. Right? Like, did Willow go and fucking kill Thumper and and Flower as well right after she murdered Bambi? Yeah, she killed a bunch of animals. <laughs> Disney well, no. animals. <laughs> cut, no, cut, cut. That's too dark. Cut that out. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Willow comes into the magic shop wearing red now. She was wearing white before. Now she's wearing red because... Her innocence and purity is gone, right? She's she's mm-hmm. now a deer murderer. <laughs> so she says she had to go get that thing. Uh, what's that thing, Willow? Xander says Giles isn't around, so you can drop the cryptic. And Willow says the last spell ingredient. Xander says, what is Vito de Madre anyway? And Willow says, wine of the mother? Kind of black market stuff. And Tara's like, you didn't tell me that. You shouldn't have gone alone. It could have been dangerous. And dangerous for who, Tara? And Willow says... I was careful. And it's so suspicious that Tara doesn't know what Willow had to do. Like, I don't, again, the sabotage here of Tara's character, I think Tara would have researched what this spell Maybe means. Tara does know. And she's just like so in love that she's playing it cool. No, no, no. Maybe Tara was giving Willow the chance to be honest. Mm. And Willow failed the test. And she'll fail it again and again and again if she continues down this path. So Anya says, it must have been pretty intense. Black markets are all baby teeth and spooky fluids. And Willow justifies what she did because she says we needed it to have it. We needed to have it to finish the spell. So it's good stuff in my book. Oh, really, Willow? So Xander says they're all hanging out here because it feels weird to hang out on their own. And Tara says we all want to stay together. And Willow says, you got butterflies, baby? (laughs) And again, sometimes Willow's cute talk is too much for me. Tara says it's more like bats. Anya offers to let Tara look at the money because that's what calms Anya. I think that's really cute because Anya is very possessive about her money. So good job, Willow. Uh, Good job, Anya. I agree, I agree. Uh, Willow assures that everything's going to go all right and they couldn't be more prepared. Willow... I want you to stop right there because there are a couple things that you could have prepared for better. Tara says she can't stand worrying about it anymore. Anya says she finds a note and she's like, this is something to distract you. And Xander starts to read it and he says, I've gone. And we cut to Giles because it's Giles' note. And he's at the airport and his voiceover for the note says, I'm not one for goodbyes. I thought it best to slip out quietly. Love to you all, Giles. Um, Do people do this? Like, do people actually (laughs) just fucking peace? (laughs) <laughs> These days, you don't even leave a note, right? You just text somebody. 
I'm out easy. <laughs> I'm out easy. Um, rude, Giles. Very rude. The Scoobies all show up anyway. And Willow says, you really think we'd let you get away with that? And Giles says, I was trying to avoid a scene. And Willow's like, like we'd make a scene. And she holds up a giant sign with the balloons on it. And it says, bon voyage, Giles. And Giles is like, not you, me. And Kara, I had to register that this is so before 9-11 because they just walk right up to well, the it's, departure. Well, it's funny you say that because, yes, this is technically uh, set before 9-11. It's, it's filmed in, you know, early 2001, but it was broadcast just after September 11th. Mm. So, uh, yeah, yeah, this, uh, this whole scene is very surreal. They're, like, right next to the gate, the departure gate. Like, I mean, and, hey, Sunnydale has an airport now. <laughs> so we have docks, we have a bus station, uh, we have a train station. We saw the airport in Who Are You? Because Faith was trying to take off in it, remember? Was that the airport or the bus station? Oh, it was the airport. Okay, that's fair. Okay, but yes, yeah. So Sunnydale's a, for a small town. <laughs> Lots going on. Um, so they all brought him departure gifts. Anya has like this apple pie flavored granola bar. Tara has a monster on her finger, you know, and she says like, grr, arg, which is a call out to the production label. Mm-hmm, mutant enemy. Dawn sits next to Giles and she says, we got... You know, we got your presence at the gas station and we were kind of in a hurry and she hands him a card and she says, you know, it's we did it in the car. It's why the letters are shaky. And again, Giles is like, who are you? Because Giles doesn't care about Don. Um, but he's clearly touched. <laughs> he's clearly touched. And he's like, this is impossible, really. And Willow says, we just really wanted you to know that we'll miss you and we'll be OK. And, and Anya says, I'll take really good care of your money. And Giles is like, I have no doubt. And he says well, if we're going to do this, let's do it properly. So he he hugs Xander first, which I believe is their first hug because it was really hard for them to hug. Um, and at some point in season five, I remember they were like, oh, should we hug? Uh, I don't think so. And then he hugs Anya, who squeezes him tight. He gently hugs Tara. And then he does turn to Dawn and he says, I'm just a phone call away if you need anything, uh, uh, Donifer. <laughs> and she's like... Um, I promise I will if I need you. Uh, Giles hugs Willow last and says, I don't know where to start. And she's like, maybe you shouldn't. I'm trying to be stiff upper lippy. And Giles is tearing up. You can tell because he takes off his glasses. And then she says, you should get going. Don't you have a life or something? And Giles is like, I suppose that's the question, really. So he picks up his bag and says, just be careful, please. And he leaves. So outside the airport and Don says, we'll talk to him all the time, right? And Tara's like, so sweet. She's so sweet. She puts her arm around Dawn and says, we'll call him tomorrow and see how his flight was, right? Making her feel better. Xander says to Willow and Anya, can you believe the timing? He's leaving right when we're ready to do the thing tonight. Anya wonders if, if they should have told him because what if it works? And Willow says, well, then he'll come back. And she's like, we should get Dawn home. I want to go over everything one more time. Nothing can go wrong tonight. Uh, way to jinx it, number one, Willow. But number two, I really do hope you go over that list one more time, Willow, because you could potentially leave out really important steps in whatever plan you're planning. Fair. <laughs> right? And I'm sure people know what we're talking about. We'll get to it in a second. But the night, that night, the motorcycle gang is heading into Sunnydale and the Scoobies are all surrounded at Buffy's grave. Kara, I always thought that Buffy was buried in her backyard. <laughs> like, I just, what? I don't know. Every rewatch, what? every time I've watched this before, I just assume. 
That's not legal. There's so many. Well, you, you, nothing's legal in this fucking show. But but I really believed that. I totally but, believed Okay, it. but that is a very good point. Yeah. How have they concealed Buffy's death from everybody if they fucking buried her and put a headstone up? <laughs> the headstone. The headstone. They're like all fucking episode. Giles is like, we have to keep her secret. People can't know that the Slayer's dead. Then why did you put the headstone there? It's like... <laughs> out in the open in what appears to be a park or like i guess the forest anyway questions questions anya xander and tara are holding candles as willow kneels in front of the grave and it's nearly midnight willow starts the spell she pours the blood from the jar into the urn of osiris and says osiris keeper of the gate master of the fate of all fate hear us and she puts blood streaks on her face and she says before time and after before knowing and nothing and she pours the blood on the ground and she says accept our offering know our prayer and then suddenly large gashes appear on her arms xander's is like Ugh! and tara's like she told me she'd be tested this is supposed to happen but even tara seems a little skeptical she's like wait a second is it Willow is getting more intense. She says, Osiris, here lies the warrior of the people. Let her cross over. And then it appears that like bugs are crawling underneath her skin all around. Uh, and um, Kara, did you get a call back to the mummy? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Those little beetle things. Um, Scarabs, yeah. yeah. So Xander wants to help her. And Tara's like, don't break the circle. She's strong. If they, they break the cycle, it's over. Um, they start hearing motorcycle engines and Anya's like, what's that? And it is the motorcycle gang, Anya. They are crashing downtown Sunnydale. They're looting. They're breaking things. It's essentially hockey night in Canada. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Where looters just go crazy. Um, Willow says, Osiris, let her cross over. And she starts to choke and she spits out a literal goddamn snake out of her throat. And Tara's like, it's a test. <laughs> It's a test. And um, let's compare really quickly this resurrection spell to what Dawn had to do last year, which in the episode Forever, where she didn't have to get all cut up and spit out snakes. She just kind of like read from a piece of paper and then waited. But we know the difference here is because Joyce did not come back as Joyce. She came back as Pet Cemetery, something else. Yeah, but we don't actually know that. Maybe Joyce was fine. Maybe... She's had a broken ankle. <laughs> Hey, if you the way your body's being treated, right? Like you know, all the chemicals they pump into your body afterwards. Yeah, you're a little stiff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. So I'm just saying, we actually don't have evidence that the spell wasn't going to work properly. Maybe it's actually super easy to resurrect people. I don't know. Yeah, I just think. Saying. Well, it just it just seems like Dawn got the dollar store version of <laughs> of the, the well, version that, that makes using. sense considering her relative inexperience with magic vis-a-vis -vis Willow. Yeah, but it's just as easy to stop it because in a second, you know, the urn of Osiris is going to get smashed. Apparently, that stops the spell. Whereas Dawn just had to rip a piece of paper, and that stopped the spell <laughs> last time. So just a little compare and contrast here. The Buffy bot catches one of the demons looting and says that doesn't belong to you put it back and the demon calls its other demons and the leader of the demons says slayer i've been hearing interesting things about you and buffy bot says yes i am interesting <laughs> uh, and she says these are your friends and he's like these are my boys yeah and she says good 
tell them to get back on their loud bicycles and go back wherever they came from. And the demon says, or what, you'll electrocute us? And he grabs her and he cuts her and he sees that she is a machine and he's like, uh, nothing but a toy, a pretty toy, want to play? Buffy kicks him and she manages to break free from her holds and she says, you've injured me, I have to return to Willow. And she fights him a bit and then she takes off and the gang jumps on their bikes to chase her. So Willow is surrounded now by this red fiery vapor um she's saying osiris release her and the scoobies are just watching her like what the buffy bot runs up and says willow i need service and the bikers follow and it's chaos they're driving all over the site xander anya and tara are jumping back to stay out of the way one of the bikes smashes the urn of osiris and willow's like no and the red light goes away and she collapses xander runs to her anya and tara take off the buffy bot is surrounded as they all disperse at one point a bike one of the bikers picks up Anya and Tara shoots a beam of light at him and it releases her. Hey, Tara. Yay! Uh, Xander has taken Willow into the forest and she says, did it work? And he says, sorry. And Willow passes out. But we see underneath the ground in Buffy's coffin lies her dead and decaying body. And suddenly a bunch of magic surrounds it and Buffy restores and awakes in shock. I think we're all thinking this right now, Kara. Why didn't they... <laughs> Why didn't they exhume the coffin? Like, I am so pissed I th- off. I think they thought that was part of the spell. I think they thought they got that for free. No! <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. The, well, let's go over the plan. The plan. Oh, we have to go over the plan. Oh, I don't want anything to go wrong tonight. The plan. Um, it, Where in the plan was... What, what are you going to do when she wakes up? What's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to open the casket. Where's the casket? Six feet under. Oh, you guys suck. Oh, you suck so bad. But again, oh my God, Buffy's alive. Um, I'm shocked. I'm so shocked. No. <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Great cliffhanger. I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, I hope Buffy Bot is okay. Same. It'll be, cur- it'll be interesting having two of them, but I'm curious to see how that's going to work out. I mean, at this at this point, I just got to be like on to part two. Like, I didn't watch the the second half of the the feature length episode that I had. I, I deliberately stopped here, um, but I I don't I don't think I can judge the spell and stuff until we learn like what like is Buffy functional? Like, no, I just I don't. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what happens next week. It's just a piss off. I'm just pissed that she just woke up. Underneath remember the when when Angel came back, he was like naked feral for (laughs) one or two episodes right you say feral i say naked uh two different viewpoints um yeah he was feral and naked that's for sure and it's gonna be a long two seasons is is buffy going to be feral she's not naked but will she be feral yeah she looks really confused i feel really bad for her because this would suck to wake up this way so let's find out next week what happens to sweet sweet buffy who's your hero this was tough for me um I want to go with Dawn because she doesn't know that the spell's happening. She's the one who has to kind of, like, of all of the Scoobies, right? She's obviously the one who's going to miss Buffy the most. She's the one who has to put up with it. And, like, shout out to Dawn because all of this happens and you still have to go to school. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, everybody else kind of has their life going on. Dawn is, what, like a 16-year-old girl? And she's not even like Buffy was at that age, where it's like, oh, I'm the Slayer. I've got this other thing happening. No, like, Dawn has to deal with all this. She's not in therapy, as far as we know. 
and she has to still go to school and get good grades like that sucks for her so shout out to dawn because it sounds like you're like you said this earlier staff you're shouldering this grief pretty well and dealing with it in fairly healthy ways like good for you dawn and I'm aware that this comment is ironic considering what happens with Don later in the season, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> we right. don't know what's going to happen with her later this season. We can only speculate based on Willow's lost clogs. Great choice. I chose the Buffy bot. She's just out here doing her best. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, she's out here. She she staked a couple vamps. Um, she's patrolling every night. She's doing her goddamn best, okay? Good for her. I also want to do a shout out to PB and J sandwiches. Keeping everybody <laughs> charged. Something to look forward to every lunch period. <laughs> uh pb and j forever all right try toasting them next time buffy bot <laughs> so we have one hot steak um and, and that's fine we got some people to thank afterwards so our for our hot steak is from courtney um who wanted to write in about the gift she says uh buffy's saying goodbye to her goodbyes to everyone through this episode she might not have a death wish but maybe deep down she knows question mark Dish, did Buffy know death was her gift? Um, yes. <laughs> yes, she knew, and then she didn't know, but then she knew again. I think that Buffy was very aware that if she couldn't save Dawn at the end of that episode, they were all going to die. <laughs> I, I don't think Buffy had a death wish. I don't remember if I talked about this in the, the wrap-up. I don't think she had a death wish. I think she was tired. I think she yeah. would have preferred to live. Yeah. But she's like, well... If I have to go, at least I'm I'm going out saving the world, and then I can lay down this burden, right? That's yeah. that's kind of the perspective. Let it be such an end that the world will remember her. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Courtney. I don't have much else to add. Absolutely. Um, and then we have some buy me a coffee supporters to thank. Uh, so a couple of you joined um, just before our break, but we had finished recording at that point, and then of course we had some bonus episodes, but. Not everybody listens to those. So I just wanted to make sure that you got a shout out in front of as many of our listeners as possible. Uh, so thank you so much to these three new supporters. First off, we have Ricky Z, or I suppose since you're American, it's Ricky Z, but that feels <laughs> weird for me as a Canadian to say. So I'm sorry. Hi, Ricky. <laughs> yeah. So Ricky uh, and, and the three of us were all guests on another podcast, like what, two years ago now? Yeah. It's been a while. Um, Ricky, you're awesome. Also a podcaster. Uh, check out the uh, the link to her link tree in the show notes. Uh, and Ricky says, I became a Buffy fan in middle school, which was early 2000s, uh, when it was already in syndication by season three. Uh, there was a channel that would air two episodes in the morning and then two in the afternoon, so it became a before and after school ritual. My favorite episodes are Once More with Feeling, uh, and Ricky says, I played the soundtrack religiously and the gift. My favorite characters are Buffy and Giles, especially as I rewatch the show as an adult. Mm. Thank you so much for supporting us, Ricky. Uh, next up, we have Raya. Uh, Raya says, I became a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer when I was around seven or eight years old. It was on TV and I was hooked on it ASAP. My favorite character is Buffy. Because I just love her. Nice. What an icon. Legend. Slayer. <laughs> uh, Raya isn't sure if she has a favorite episode, uh, but she loves season one because it's not as depressing, which, fair. Her favorite episode's Beer Bad. <laughs> wow. Wow. The slander of our supporters, Stephanie. How dare. That's a great episode. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Our last 
shout out this episode goes to Susanna. Susanna says, I became a fan of Buffy at 10 years old when it first started airing in the UK. I used to watch it every week with my family, and then when I could buy the VHS box sets, my sister and I would watch the show over and over, and I try and rewatch once at least every two years. Uh, my favorite character is Buffy. I also love Faith, Giles, Anya, Tara, and Angel. My favorite episodes are Passion, Becoming Part 2, Bad Girls, and The Gift. Nice. Love it. And if you want to support us, you can sign up. Uh, uh, buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls um, and you know we appreciate any level of support people can give us yeah. uh, but that's also you know if you can't afford it we totally get that as well we just love doing this because it's an excuse to talk every week and apparently slander the people who give us money so <laughs> look forward to that that wasn't slander that was a compliment i love beer bad uh-huh it, sure okay yeah just thank you to all of our supporters it really it oh. honestly blows my mind still that people want to support us in that way it's so humbling we love it thank you so much also i just want to say i really appreciate how hyped people were getting on social media and our our discord every time we dropped a bonus episode it was like people were like oh we miss you we love this i appreciate that you know i appreciate any kind of compliment you give us but especially just kind of that sense of like you look forward to our episodes because Steph and I are going to get back on a regular schedule here, and we love doing this, but it does feel like a bit of a slog sometimes, right? And, and so so from the bottom of my heart, because I know I'm less present on our social media, um, I really appreciate people just, you know, the briefest of comments being like, oh, I'm so happy that there's a new episode today. Uh, it, it's great. It's great to know that there are people who are just kind of like not just hanging on our every word, <laughs> but just you know people who enjoy having us around. So yeah. we also enjoy all of the comments from all of you. Yeah, thank you for keeping the good vibes going while we're on break. Uh, like we said at the beginning of the episode, one year left, and we're really excited to have gotten here, but also excited for what's to come in this year because we have supporters and listeners like you. Here we go. Here we go. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We got part two coming next week, and we're going to thank our chosen ones now. Emma, Kyle, (laughs) Emma, Kyle, Destiny, Erica, Allison, Jace, Haley, Tasha, Ricky, and Amy. Lizzie, Holly, Kayla, Jordan, Julian, Nicola, Luis, Joshua, Reese, and Susanna. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join us in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook and prophecy underscore girls on Twitter. Also email us at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website, prophecygirls.ca, where you can find the link to our Discord. Can't wait to hear from you. Praise Malik. See you next week.